You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a bitch. But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. Woohoo! Here are your hosts, Joe Galina, Frank Stample, and Mike Florio. And welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galina along with Michael Florio. Uh, Frankie Cheat Stample. Pete Consadori producing our show. And we are breaking down the games from week 11 for you. And uh, in typical season-long leagues, you have week 11, 12, 13, and then it's the fantasy playoffs. Hopefully. Uh, hopefully you don't play in one of those leagues where it's week 15, 16, yeah. 17 with the playoffs. Yeah, that's terrible. And, mm-hmm. and Joey, one thing I think that, that we're at the point in the season where you have to start thinking of your team not as... Like when people ask me trade questions now... A lot of times I ask, like, do you like how desperate are you for a win this week? Because, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe you may be giving up a little bit more, but if the guy you're getting has a better matchup this week, or maybe mm-hmm. you're giving up one of the four teams that are on by a player from one of there, every week for you right now could be the playoffs. Like, if you're four and six or five and five, your playoffs have probably already started. Mm-hmm. No, that's a good point. And also, I mean, if you're trading for. Uh, a player, maybe picking up a player if, if there's anyone still left on the waiver wire to pick up. Maybe it's time if you're in the fringes of making the playoffs, looking at that their schedule for 14, 15, 16, and looking at it that way. Definitely, because early on in the year, you know, you're thinking about you have the whole year ahead of you, and, mm-hmm. and you're not thinking about weeks, you know, 11 and so on. But right now, that's all behind us, mm-hmm. you know. Right now, you don't need big names or anything. You need guys who are going to perform, and and you need every single week. You need to try and optimize your lineup. So, the only way I think you should be looking rest of season to better your team is if you know you're going to make the playoffs. Otherwise, try and make some minor moves. That hey, maybe I'm giving up a guy who's on bye this week, but I'm getting a guy who I could, you know, I feel comfortable as my wide receiver three rather than someone off the waiver, some mm-hmm. stuff like that. And don't I think get too you need cute to be more when flexible. you make your lineups too. Yeah. You know, when I was a young whippersnapper fantasy player. Back I, in the picture of you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, know, you, you try to get too cute when you, you know, you try to sometimes overanalyze. You know, go with go with your gut, but go with got you there as well. Right. Uh, Ravens at Packers this week. Looks like Brett Hundley will play quarterback for the Packers. Yep. Uh, Aaron Jones, Ty Montgomery, both out. Jamal Williams. Going to be the primary back. Ravens, 4.2 yards per carry. That's what they're giving up, 126 rushing yards per game. Not going to be easy for for, for Williams, but I think he's definitely uh, worth the start. Yeah, he's a serviceable high-end flex for me. I have him at RB27 this week. Just based on that volume, I don't see any way that he doesn't get at least 15 touches in this game. Uh, The Ravens struggled early on against the run, but really once they've got no-tackle Brandon Williams back, uh, they've been better. So monitor that. I just think based on the volume alone, he still is a high-end flex uh, regardless of the matchup. All right, we'll continue talking about this game. Then we want to get to the what I consider one of the marquee games of the week, Vikings at Rams. Uh, We'll be right back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
Playing daily fantasy basketball this year? Consider Daily Roto your go-to resource. Whether you play on DraftKings or FanDuel, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. With a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, there's no better place to get your NBA DFS content. Better yet, you can save 10% using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com slash premium and learn more about our awesome product. We're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. It's a boogie wonderland. And look at Frank. Frank is Frank is boogieing on down. <laughs> and Mike wants to boogie, but... I'm good. <laughs> He's good. <laughs> Joey, did you go to, like, Studio 54 when this was on? And- no. I mean, I know that you think I'm very old, but uh, I wasn't of the clubbing age when Su- Studio 54 <laughs> I honestly don't even know when it be. was, like, a thing. Like, what was the era, the era for Studio 54? I'm pretty sure it was, like, uh, mid to late 70s was when it was really hot. Probably into the early 80s, but you I wasn't clubbing You weren't then. wearing bell bottoms and going out? Uh, not at that not at Letting that the chest hair flow? Well, you know, I always like to uh, wear the... Uh, <laughs> The low cut uh, shirts. What was your era? The eighties? Uh, yeah, like late eighties, late eighties, late eighties, early nineties. Yeah, Joey was was uh, taking Used to the go streets to a place by storm called back then. Emerald City on Fifty Seventh Street. Uh, what kind of music did place. they play there, Joey? Uh, it was dance music. Nice. Yeah, it wasn't. It, it, it wasn't called disco at that point. Like disco was like frowned upon, but it really was the evolution of. Joe definitely had some moves in him. Like, I could see him doing, like, the finger points in the air thing, like, on his tippy toes. I could see that. A little I'd, moonwalk action. I'd walk into the club, yeah. and I'd say, this is my land, and these are my people. Yeah, he would do the walk-on-water move. <laughs> he can walk on water. So. There's no doubt about that. The fantasy, Jesus. Uh, so, let's finish up on the, uh, the Packers-Ravens game. Danny Woodhead has been activated, right? Uh, how much playing time do you think he gets? And obviously... In my opinion, I guess it's going to hurt Buck Allen the most. But Buck Allen actually has been pretty decent. Yeah, I, I spoke on BFFs about this. Like, I still think you can trust Alex Collins as a low-end RB2. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could come out where this is just a complete hogwash of a situation that you want to completely avoid. But I agree with you. I think Danny Woodhead is going to come in and really steal a lot of the work from Buck Allen. Mm-hmm. Buck Allen's been the passing down back for them. He's been the guy used in the red zone. And coming into the year... What we really expected for Danny Woodhead was to be to catch a ton of passes out of the backfield, to get used in the red zone, and that's why we all liked him. Buck Allen kind of took that role over. Mm-hmm. He was the poor man's Danny Woodhead. But I worry for this week, how much usage is Danny Woodhead going to get in this first game? Could he maybe get 8 or 10 or maybe a, a couple more touches than that with some uh, Buck Allen sprinkled in as well? I'm looking to avoid... Most of those running backs, the only one I would want to put in my lineup is Alex Collins. And I'm debating moving him down a little bit as well. Yeah, so I'm looking at the last time they played in Week 9, and uh, the snap distribution was Buck Allen played 35 snaps and Alex Collins uh, played 28. So I still think that Collins is going to be that like early downs. He's a very aggressive runner, Joe. He's a downhill runner. Uh, he has a very high yards per carry this season. Um, so I still think that he should be that you know first and second down guy. The 
But I, the question I have comes in the red zone because this team continuously has gone to Buck Allen in the red zone and mm-hmm. they've trusted him in that part of the field. Whereas I still I think it should be Alex Collins moving forward. Uh, he just strikes me as more of that gritty runner, you know, could pick up the short yardage, could get in the end zone if they're on the goal line. Uh, but, you know, if he's getting around 30 snaps and maybe Buck Allen and Woodhead are splitting those other passing down duties, maybe they're like, you know, playing 15 or 20 snaps each kind of thing. I think I'd want to avoid both mm-hmm. this week uh, in, in Buck Allen and Woodhead. I'm with Mike on Alex Collins. If you're in a standard league, I like him as a high-end flex kind of player. If you're in a half-point PPR, he's a lower kind of flex because he doesn't catch a lot of balls. Uh, but if you had to choose one between Buck Allen and Woodhead, I don't think that they would activate Woodhead and play him if he wasn't ready to go. Right. So if I'm choosing between those two, I think I actually would prefer Woodhead in a PPR over Buck Allen. Well, we know though that uh, the Ravens like you know, Joe Flacco likes to throw the ball to his uh, running back, so uh, it'll be interesting to see what kind of usage he gets. And uh, Frank, you were right on target last week in terms of uh, benching Jordy Nelson. You're probably benching him again this week, right? I mean, uh, and the, th- the three full games that Humley is quarterbacked, I think uh, Nelson's only averaging three catches for 23 yards. And uh, I mean, it's really been a, a big blow to uh, the receiving game of. The Packers, even Devontae Adams. I mean, he's averaging five for fifty-two, has scored a touchdown, but uh, it's it's definitely uh, not helping the uh, Packers wide receivers. Yeah, I actually tweeted out in uh, the games that Jordy Nelson has played with Brett Hundley this year: six point two five targets. He's averaging three and a half receptions, mm-hmm. thirty-two yards, and mm-hmm. he has not scored a touchdown. I, I I've been very adamant about this. I think Jordy Nelson is a player that you drop because. Yeah, you could put him on the bench this week. Mm-hmm. You no, you've probably tried trading him. One, two, no one probably wants to buy him. Three, say you bench him this week and he he catches a touchdown or two. You're gonna put him back in your lineup, and we've already seen what he what he is with Hunley. I think he is just one of those players. I said it earlier this week, and I, I continue to think so. I think he's one of those players that is going to keep you out of the playoffs because maybe he has you're a, starting him because of name. Yeah, you're starting right? him because of name, or you put him on your bench, and maybe then he, like I said, he catches a touchdown or whatever. You put him back in your lineup because oh, it's Jordy Nelson, he's back, and then he's going to go back to doing this. Like he is a guy who is going to bury you with, if you continue to start him right now, I, unless you could trade him based on name. Sure, try that, but if you can't, if no one in your league wants to buy him. I am perfectly fine dropping Jordy Nelson. I actually have him ranked the lowest of the Packers wide receivers. So uh, do I. Hmm. Randall Cobb has been a little bit more consistent. We saw them try to find ways to get him involved last week. Uh, he had more yards than Jordy Nelson. They were giving him some carries. So they're even trying to find ways to get Randall Cobb the ball. And while it is a tough matchup, because like we mentioned, the Ravens' corners are very strong, uh, I still do like Devontae Adams as a high-end wide receiver three this week. Mm-hmm. He's kind of been he's been the guy. He has a rapport with Brett Hunt. Uh, you look at red zone targets on the season. He's tied for most in the NFL uh, with 18. He's tied with Jimmy Graham. Those guys both have 18 red zone targets. Uh, so we know if they get into that part of the field, it is going to be Devontae Adams. So I would still kind of trust him in that high end wide receiver three, low end wide receiver two range. While we're just talking about wide receivers uh, in this game, Joey, I did want to bring up Jeremy Macklin because I am I'm very very high on Jeremy Macklin mm-hmm. this week. I have him as a low-end wide receiver, too. I think he's either my 23rd or 24th wide receiver. The Packers have allowed an average of 46.1 PPR fantasy points to wide receivers mm-hmm. over their last three games. 
Uh, and Jeremy Macklin is coming off two games where he's scored at least 14 PPR points. Uh, so him and Joe Flacco have that rapport going. He wasn't on the Israel report this week. The bye week gave him an opportunity to get healthy because he was a little banged up yep. this season. Uh, but going up against that that porous Packers, Packers secondary, I really, really like Jeremy Macklin this week. Yeah, I have him my 21st wide receiver in PPR. I have him a couple spots lower in standard. But, I mean, he had eight receptions last week. And, mm-hmm. and with Joe Flacco, the guys who run those short intermediate routes are the guys who are going to rack up the catches. So... I, I do like Macklin a lot this week as well. There you go. You heard it here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Get Macklin <laughs> in your lineup if you can. And uh, just want to just mention, we're uh, broadcasting from Rock and Riley's Restaurant, uh, 35th Street between 7th and 8th Avenue. You come uh, for the weekend. Saturdays, you have all the college football games on. Sundays, you have all the NFL games on. And we just had about 25 beautiful girls just come through. Uh, and I take the best seat. I, I watch everybody come in. So uh, uh, it's a place where you could come and uh, watch some football and see some beautiful women as well. I'm here talking about Jerry Macklin. I see, <laughs> I see Joe's eyes lighting up, the eyebrows moving up and down. He's he's, he's waving his hands. Well, you know, you were talking about my clubbing days. Hair. Yeah, you're talking Ho- about my clubbing days. Hopefully, Joey's wife ain't listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's my biggest fan. Maybe she. Hopefully, she, she was one of the out hot the girls walking by. <laughs> there you go, Joey. Got your back. <laughs> there you go. You're the man. Uh, let's move on to. Uh, I guess you consider it one of the marquee games, right? No doubt. The, so um, crazy to say. <laughs> right? Vikings and Rams. Yeah. Marquee uh, game. Real test for Jared Goff. It certainly is. It certainly is. Vikings fourth fewest passing touchdowns to quarterbacks this year. Uh, they've given up nine. But Goff, man, I mean, we keep on saying it. And he's. <laughs> A 360 turnaround from last season. Do you give him a chance this this week? I have him ranked as my QB 11. I would. Uh, I actually think I'm going to move Matt Ryan ahead of him. I, mm-hmm. I originally had Matt Ryan as QB 12, but with the news that Cam Chancellor is done for the season and the Seahawks losing Richard Sherman, mm-hmm. I think I trust Matt Ryan a little bit more. But based on what Jared Goff is doing right now, the way that he's playing, the way that Sean McVay is finding ways to get wide receivers open and really put Jared Goff in the best position possible mm-hmm. to succeed. I still have to trust him as a low-end QB1 this week. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. The biggest question mark that we're getting this week, Joey, is who is Xavier Rhodes going to guard? Right. Because it could go two ways. If the Vikings view Sammy Watkins as the most talented wide receiver on this team, and I still do believe that Sammy Watkins is the most talented wide receiver. Probably the most explosive potential. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, of they, the they could Rams put, receivers. They could put Rhodes closed on Sammy Watkins just to make sure he doesn't do anything in this game. But if you look at how successful the Rams have been the past couple of weeks, it's all Robert Woods. Yeah. So if the Minnesota Vikings are looking at it from that point of view, then they're going to put Rhodes on Xavier uh, on on Robert Woods, right. and then they're going to shut him down, and you know they're going to force Sammy Watkins, Cooper Cup, mm-hmm. the tight ends, Todd Gurley as a receiver out of the backfield to beat that team. So it, it's all up in the air. I think based on what Robert Woods has done, you still trust him as a high-end wide receiver three. But if he does get Xavier Rhodes, I mean, he could potentially be shut out in this game. That's why there is some volatility mm-hmm. uh, with Robert Woods and, and the Rams receivers. But we'll talk more, more yep. about when that. When we come back, we'll continue breaking down this game and more. Week 11 in the NFL. We're coming back with more weekend fantasy update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. If you're playing daily fantasy basketball on DraftKings or FanDuel this NBA season, you need to sign up for Daily Roto. 
Built by a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, DailyRoto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. Better yet, you can save 10% off using the promo code FNTSY. So go to DailyRoto.com backslash premium to learn more about their product. Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. We're fist pumping here. It's get, a party on the weekend. Get Jeremy Macklin in your lineup. They'll be doing the same thing. There you go. There you go. So when we last left, we're trying to get as many of these games in as possible. Vikings at Rams. Uh, we were trying to figure out which wide receiver would have the biggest day uh, for the Rams. And you heard what uh, Frankie had said. How do you feel about this thing? Woods, Cup. Uh, Watkins, have, who's, who's Rhodes going to be on? I have Woods ranked the highest of the bunch, but he is, I think, my wide receiver 28 at the moment. Uh, I, I feel I agree with Frank. I don't feel great about it. But I will say, last week I believe he played a, a little bit over a quarter of his routes were from the slot. So you're looking at it. They do do a good job of moving Woods all over the field. So if that's the case, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Rhodes on Watkins at times mm-hmm. and on Woods at others. So. Right. I I think you have to put Woods to highest just based on what he has done, but don't expect what he did the last couple of weeks. And I know you asked if you could trust Jared Goff this week. I think you can. I have him as my QB9. You look at it, over the past month, the Vikings have allowed the 13th most points to opposing quarterbacks. Now, that that's not great. Mm-hmm. It's still a tough matchup, but it's a lot better than what they were allowing early on in the season. And Jared Goff has just been so good, and they've found so many different ways of of having him be in successful positions. Like, some weeks it's Robert Woods. The last couple weeks have been Woods. Mm-hmm. We've seen weeks earlier on in the year where it was Cooper Cup. Yep. Todd Gurley is always going to do his thing out of the backfield as a right. pass catcher. And Sammy Watkins, we've seen some weeks with him. We've seen a couple weeks where it's Higby and Gerald Everett. Right. They have a ton of weapons around him. So, I think one way or another, they will find ways to get Jared Goff the, uh, to have him put up some numbers. I, I think you lower his expectations, obviously, but... When it's good offense versus good defense, I think you know the offense is still going to put up some points. And Cup has been one of their biggest red zone targets, if not the biggest. So he has far. been. Yeah. I think he's very sneaky this mm-hmm. week. For what it's worth, Pro Football Focus uh, believes that Xavier Rhodes is going to be on Sammy Watkins, mm-hmm. uh, and they have Robert Woods and Cooper Cup as uh, plus matchups in this game. With Robert Woods matched up with Trey Waynes and Cooper Cup in the slot against Terrence Newman, so I do think Cooper Cup is sneaky this week. I have him as a low end wide receiver three uh, in a league where I'm starting Jared Goff because I lost to Sean Watson I'm honestly expecting like 250 and two mm-hmm. if I can get that out of him I-, I think that'll be good enough for him to just sneak in the back end of, of uh, QB ones this week you mentioned Todd Gurley uh, I mean you're always going to start him no matter what but not going to have an easy week this week I mean Vikings second fewest fancy points per game to running backs uh, giving up 3.4 yards per carry, just uh, a little over 81 rushing yards per game. But what, what's what been helping Gurley is his ability to catch balls out of the backfield. I know coming into last week, 
the Texans were allowing the fewest fantasy points. I forget if it was in the year or over the past month coming into that game, but mm-hmm. regardless, they were allowing the fewest yeah. at one I time period or another. To running backs, yeah. And Todd Gurley rushed 11 times for 68 yards, had six catches for 68 yards. Yeah, so so combined over 130 yards plus, it could have been a huge day if they had a lot of possessions where they were right outside the goal line mm-hmm. and they instead of going to Gurley, you know, they took advantage of that weak te- uh, Texan secondary. If... Well, and he also, last week was the week where he was downed at the one, correct? And and he thought he had a touchdown. Right. And yeah, so if he gets that extra half a foot and punches it in, mm-hmm. we're, I, I don't think there's any way, shape, or form you could worry about Todd Gurley. Are you worried about Case Keenum? Rams giving up a, a little over nine fantasy points per game to quarterbacks over the past five weeks. I mean, just overall, do you, you think there's going to be a lot of scoring in this game, Frank, to you as well? I worry about Keenum a bit because the last two weeks he's been great against the the Washington and the uh, Browns. Interceptions late last game. He did, but besides those two games, you look at it, in the four previous, he had two total touchdowns, two Mm -hmm. passing touchdowns, and didn't top 250 yards in any game. So Case Keenum, while he's looked... He's played well the last two weeks. I, I'm not really falling for it. I, I think the Vikings are looking for a chance to get him out mm-hmm. of their lineup and to get Teddy Bridgewater in. So, right. I, I'm to me, Case Keenum is a solid QB two, but that's really where where so he, I think he you comes think in for eventually that the, that Bridgewater's in there eventually. Yes. Maybe not this yes. week, but they're trying to they're just. Waiting for the right time. This this reminds me a lot of the Bills situation. Obviously, uh, different dynamics, but the Bills were trying to find any way to to bench Tyrod Taylor mm-hmm. and get Nathan Peterman in there. And the one bad game that Tyrod did. If we see one bad game out of Case Keenum, I do think that Teddy Bridgewater gets in there. I'm not so sure that it happens this week, though. Uh, I saw I re- I heard what you said about the the Rams defense, but you look at the the quarterbacks that they faced over the last four weeks. It was Tom Savage, Eli Manning, uh, Drew Stanton, and Blake Bortles. <laughs> so certainly not murderers, bro. Right. Um, I think that the Case Vi- Keenum probably fits into that group, though. He does, mm-hmm. but uh, I just think that he he has much better weapons of, of, yeah. the, of those guys. I mean, he has Stephon Diggs, he has Adam Thielen, he has Kyle Rudolph, um, Jarek McKinnon can catch the ball out of the backfield as well. So he has a plethora of weapons here. I've actually had to pick him up in the flex league uh, with with Jake Seeley, um, where I had Tyrod Taylor as my only quarterback, and you know all the guy, all the Ryan Fitzpatrick's. Um, Eli Manning, Blake Bortles, they were already owned. So I had to pick up Case Keenum. I don't feel great about it, but mm-hmm. the fact that he has uh, this many weapons, I do still think that you know not only he can be decently successful, but mm-hmm. he will get those guys the ball. I trust Adam Thielen this week. I trust Stephon Diggs. Uh, I have Kyle Ruff as a solid to low end tight end one. So I think you should continue to roll with those guys. What about the uh, Minnesota backfield? I mean, it's been McKinnon uh, who's been getting more... Uh, Fancy production. Rams giving up 4.5 yards per carry and 118 rushing yards per game. But it's trending uh, in the right directions for their defense because first six games they were averaging 32 fancy points per game to running backs. Uh, then the last three games it's just over 12 fancy points per game to uh, running backs and uh, no touchdowns. So it's trending in the right directions for that uh, Rams defense against running backs. Yeah, and speaking of their backfield, like Jack McKinnon, you're getting in your lineup, mm-hmm. but I, I called Latavius Murray this week one of fantasy football's better kept secrets, and, and I truly stand by that. So far in the year, uh, the the last few weeks, twelve carries, fifteen, eighteen, nineteen, seventeen plus. He's the one they use near the goal line in the red zone. 
he has 17 carries, which is the same amount as AP, same amount as Jordan Howard, same as uh, Jonathan Stewart. Mm-hmm. Guys like that who we rely on to score touchdowns, he is the one that they go to there. Now, I know the volume hasn't always led to success, but the volume that he sees really puts him in the high-end flex discussion every week with the upside to be even more. We've seen a couple of monsters games out of him this year, so like this could be one of those weeks where he rushes for 70 yards, and if he finds the end zone, he's going to be an RB2. So, okay, go ahead, Frank. Actually, I, I tweeted out earlier in the week the usage of both uh, Murray and Jarek McKinnon on a, on a per-game basis since Dalvin Cook has gone down. And Latavius Murray playing 29 snaps per game, 16 carries per game to Jarek McKinnon's 13.8. So he's seeing uh, consistently more carries, rushing for around 56 uh, rushing yards and has two touchdowns, whereas Jarek McKinnon is playing 42 snaps, so uh, on average 13 more, seeing 14 carries, uh, rushing for 4.2 yards per carry. He's been the much better running back, uh, 4.4 receptions per game with four total touchdowns. Uh, I agree with Mike. I, I still trust Jarek McKinnon. He's my RB12 this week. Mm-hmm. I know that the Rams defense against running backs has been better, but we saw early on in the season that they can be susceptible yep. to that position. So I still do trust Jarek McKinnon um, and agree that Latavius Murray is a high-end flex, low-end RB2, especially in standard leagues. So of everyone that we've spoken about in this game, who do you fade the most? Keenum, you think, or... Well, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He's the one that, I mean, I have him as QB 17 this mm-hmm. week. Don't fall for Sammy Watkins. That's what I'll say. Mm-hmm. Is he's, he's coming off a game where he's, he's scored two touchdowns two weeks in a row. Right. Those were very good matchups, though. That was against the, the Giants and the Texans. So I'd say don't fall for that. I think that's fool's gold this week. I think he could see a lot of Xavier Rhodes. Um, outside of him, I, I trust a lot of these guys, man. Like mm-hmm. Thielen, Diggs, I think they're reliable. Uh, the Vikings running backs like them a lot as well. So I, I really just think it's Sammy Watkins that, you know, just right. just don't fall for him. All right. You mentioned uh, Nathan Peterman. Why don't we talk about that game next? Because I'm interested to get your take. Uh, Chargers versus Bills. Uh, of course, the big news this week was that Tyrod Taylor, like Frank mentioned, was being benched in favor of Nathan Peterman. Uh open-ended question, but what do you think this signifies for the Bills, I mean, at this stage? I, I wrote about this as well on RoeExperts.com. I I think, obviously, LeSean McCoy has to be in your lineup every mm-hmm. single week. Outside of him, I don't know if you really want to start any Bills this week. Like You want to see how it shakes out first? Yeah. Before like, you put Benjamin, Kelvin Benjamin or Jordan Matthews. Even Charles Clay, he, was such a, he had such a rapport with Tyrod Taylor earlier in the season. Yeah, and I'll tell you this: like Charles Clay last week did not play well at all. He right. had one of the, uh, the interception that Tyrod threw was in Clay's hands, mm-hmm. and he just it hit off his chest, went up in the air, and got picked off. So yeah, that wasn't on Tyrod Taylor; that was on Charles Clay. Charles mm-hmm. Clay really did nothing. The one player I would, if you were desperate, get in your lineup, it's Kelvin Benjamin. I have him as my wide receiver thirty-six, and. In the first drive yesterday, that the uh, last week, when the Bills were on against the Saints, Tyra Taylor threw to him three times. Did not throw to him again. Then we saw Peterman come in late in the game. Obviously, it was in a blowout, so you don't know how much you want to buy in on that. But he threw the ball to Kevin Benjamin three times, had uh, two catches there where yeah, he only he had one with Tyra. one targets. So the question is, what kind of a, you know... Well, he had six targets total, I believe. Three came with Tyrod, three came with Peterman, I believe, mm-hmm. and... I, to me, he really is a low end QB uh, wide receiver three, high end flex option that well, you would hope for the end zone. One target I meant for the Bills. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, not he, football. <laughs> he was the top target there, but Peterman has a lot of question marks. I mm-hmm. get it; he's more of a pocket passer. He fits what the Bills want their offense to be better than Tyrod does, but 
He's a rookie whose only saps in the NFL have come in a blowout game. So to put your trust in him, it, to me, it's difficult without seeing any seeing any more from him. We'll finish talking about this game. Then uh, I want to talk about Cowboys, life after Zeke Elliott. We'll be back with more Week 11 action on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Playing daily fantasy basketball this year? Consider Daily Roto your go-to resource. Whether you play on DraftKings or FanDuel, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. With a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, there's no better place to get your NBA DFS content. Better yet, you can save 10% using the promo code FNTSY. So go to DailyRoto.com premium and learn more about our awesome products. Back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. This is the best song in the world, Joey. Is it? Yes. It's back, back in the New York groove. Isn't it? Oh, don't they play this after Met games? They play this after oh, Met games. Is that one? It is, so they don't is, play this very often. Ah, uh, come on. Come it on. is. It is the best song in the world. All right. I mean, it's not. I think it's New Ace Freely. I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's Kiss. It, I think it's, it's specifically Ace Freely. No? Yes. Yeah. But it's a good song. But now I don't like it anymore since they play it at City Field. Thanks. You just ruined it for me. <laughs> I love it. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, pretty soon we'll be talking baseball. Can't wait to... I, yeah. I'm already looking it up, Joey. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at a few things as well. One sport at a time, my guys. Exactly. So let's finish off this uh, Bills-Chargers game. Um, Austin Eckler, I mean, he had a great week last week, but this is Melvin Gordon's backfield, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Eckler had to fumble late in that game, too. Mm-hmm. And since the uh, the Bills have got rid of uh, Marcel Darius, you see what it's done to to their uh, their, their rushing defense. I mean, mm-hmm. the New Orleans Saints went off last week. Uh, 294 total rushing yards, five touchdowns. They've allowed eight rushing touchdowns to opposing running backs over the past three games. So, you know, that's been a correlation here with Marcel Darius. And the Jaguars' run, running defense has actually got a lot better sure. since they've got Marcel Darius. So, uh, direct correlation there for the Bills' defense. Uh, I'm trusting Melvin Gordon this week. I know he did not look uh, great last mm-hmm. week, and Austin Eckler did a lot of damage there. But uh, I do think that it's going to be a Melvin Gordon week. I believe I have him inside my top five of running backs. So you said I am, you were also high on the Chargers' I'm defense six. as well, right? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. That's with uh, Cordy, Cordy Glenn has already been ruled out in this game. I know he didn't play last week as well. I mean, he is one of their best offensive linemen, if not their best offensive lineman. He is uh, the best. Mm-hmm. And and that's going up. You know, that's on the outside there playing tackle where normally he would uh, try and slow down Melvin Ingram or Joey Bosa, mm-hmm. uh, depending on which side those guys are on. But I just think with him out, I mean, the Bills might be trying to get Nathan Peterman killed in this game. Mm. Um, so I, I do like the, the Chargers defense rookie quarterback coming in. Um, you know, could be mistake prone there. So, yeah, I, I do like the Chargers defense as a nice nice stream and nice DFS play. A few other streamers, Bengals over the Broncos. I mean, Absolutely. the Broncos uh, offense has been 
putrid Cardinals over the Texans. Yeah, and the uh, other side of that one too. I, I know the Texans defense has been atrocious, mm-hmm. but it's Blaine Gabbert throwing the ball. So mm-hmm. he actually, you know, he actually looked decent in the preseason. He did. So we'll see. I mean, uh, and then uh, you have the Eagles over the Cowboys. Uh, Cowboys offensive line issues. Uh, left tackle Tyron Smith. I think he is he officially out or. I, I know he, he has. Yeah, been when he was out, out last week, that uh, really hurt that offensive line. And he's yeah, questionable. He's, he's, no, no, no. He's, I believe they've already said he's not playing uh, this week. So yeah, let's talk a little bit about that game, Eagles versus Cowboys. So we finally got to see the uh, usage of the backfield with Zeke Elliott serving his suspension. And one of the things I think no one really took into consideration was we knew it was going to affect their running game. But it's affecting their pass game as well because I mentioned uh, Tyron Smith was out, left tackle, but Ezekiel Elliott was a big part of pass protecting and blocking for Zach Prescott. We saw without both those guys, without Smith, without Zeke, he got sacked like eight times, Zach Prescott. Yeah, and six of them were from that left side. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you know, missing Smith hurt. I think missing Smith hurt even more than missing Zeke. Zeke. Yeah. And. That's why this week I think Jason Witten could be a little bit of a sneaky tight end. He I like him as a borderline tight end one, high end uh, tight end two because I think that Dak is going to have to get the ball out of his hands quickly, and mm-hmm. when he has to do that, I think that bodes well for his safety blanket over the middle in Jason Witten. So I I, I think he is sneaky. I'm not crazy high on Des Bryant. Mm-hmm. I'm not crazy high on Alfred Morris. It's sad that... Well, look, it looks like Alfred Morris is going to be... If, if they follow what they started last week, Alfred Morris early down back, Rod Smith maybe more of the pass-catching back, and yep. McFadden just window dressing. He played one snap. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I do want to see how they use the running backs in less of a blowout, because mm-hmm. I, I do think Alfred Morris could see a couple of, of catches this week just because he's going to be out on the field so often. Dak Prescott, like I said, is going to have to get the ball out of his hands quickly. Mm-hmm. Rod Smith, yeah, he was utilized late in that game as the pass catching back, but they were down multiple touchdowns. So I, I want to see it again before we look into that one well, this game. This a, a big challenge for them. Eagles great against the run, right? The but, one yeah. thing they do is they allow a lot of rece- uh, receptions to running backs. Mm-hmm. Other than that, uh, rushing-wise, uh, just over 66 rushing yards per game. Uh, another key guy that's going to be out, and it looks like he's going to be out for a few weeks, is uh, linebacker Sean Lee. So when he's out, uh, you look at his numbers, uh, uh, basically opponents rushing kind of doubles, right? Like when he's in the game, it's just about 80 yards per game is what the uh, the Cowboys have been giving up. When he's out, it's like around 160. So are we looking for big games out of Ajayi? Uh, blunt. I mean, this is going to also be interesting to see uh, the breakdown of the Eagles' backfield. Who gets how much usage, and and you know, is it more red zone for one or the other? For for all those reasons that you mentioned, uh, with Sean Lee being out, I think JJ is the top ten running back this week in standard leagues. He doesn't catch. What do you a lot think Blunt's passes. role is though? Do you think Ajayi is going to be the red zone guy? I think well? Garrett Blunt could very well be in that role. I have Blunt. As like a borderline flex option, and I think a lot of people are going to be off Legarrette Blunt. I know he's was dropped in a lot of leagues, but like you said, with Lee out, this Cowboys defense really crumbles, and you can run all over them. So I think Blunt could be a little bit of a sneaky play if, in standard leagues if you're diving deep at the running back position. Yeah, that's the only way I'd use him is in a standard league, and I have him as my RB thirty six. Uh, so usually. 
running backs 24 to 36 is what I would cons- uh, consider a flex. So he is, you know, just inside that low end flex discussion in a standard league. You know, if they're up big in this game, which certainly can happen just based on the way that the Cowboys played last week, if that's the case, uh, maybe we see, you know, a garbage time touchdown from LeGarrette Blount or mm-hmm. a garbage time touchdown from Ajayi. Uh, but for all those reasons that you mentioned, uh, with Sean Lee being out, he is really the leader of this defense. Yep. He is the middle of that defense. So integral for them, you know, stopping uh, short passing routes and stopping uh, rushers, you know, once they get through the line of scrimmage. So uh, w- without him there, I like Ajayi as a top 10 running back. All right, let's move on. Uh, try to get a couple more games in here if we can. Saints versus Washington. Uh, Washington going to be without Rob Kelly placed on the IR. Samaji Pirine. Uh, hasn't done much in the two games which he's ended up being the the uh, Washington's uh, primary running back, uh, just a 2.9-yard carry. Um, Saints have been uh, tough defense-wise, but over the past couple weeks, even tougher against the run. Uh, 2.93 yards per carry over the past two weeks, the running backs. And that includes a game against Shady McCoy. Yeah, McCoy didn't do much. He had that one big run on the first drive last mm-hmm. week, but outside of that... The, the Bills' play calling though was so questionable. They were getting Mike Tolbert involved. I, I didn't get it at all. But, but the Saints' defense has been very tough. Uh, Samaje P. Ryan is a guy I think is in the flex discussion at best because volume. Right? Even that though, mm-hmm. like I think Chris Thompson is going to lead this this backfield in touches. Mm-hmm. And you look at it, Rob Kelly the last couple weeks was seeing like twelve, thirteen carries, but he wasn't running well. And mm-hmm. both of them are. Uh, I believe it's like 3.2 for P. Ryan and 3.1 for Rob Kelly yards per carry. Neither one of them has ran effectively. Rob Kelly was honestly just getting some value based on the touchdowns. That's mm-hmm. where I think P. Ryan is. I think, honestly, you could view P. Ryan in the way that you were viewing Rob Kelly. Mm-hmm. But maybe a little bit higher because we think he has some unknown upside. But that's really it for me. The one player in this game that I like a lot is Jamison Crowder. Yeah, yeah. Jordan Reed out. Tyrell Pryor out. So, Yeah. Yeah, Ryan Grant also out Mm -hmm. in this game, and I expect Josh Doxson to see a lot of Marshawn Lattimore on Mm -hmm. the outside. So Jamison Crowder playing in the slot, uh, we've seen the targets up for him. I agree with Mike 100%. I think he's a rock-solid wide receiver three in both standard and PPR leagues. Um, And I like Chris Thompson a lot, too. For all the reasons you guys mentioned, I mean, the Saints have only allowed three rushing touchdowns to running backs so far this year, uh, but they have been susceptible to pass-catching running backs. They've allowed 58 receptions to running backs. That's tied for fourth most in the NFL. So I do think Chris Thompson bounces back this week. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets in the end zone either. So like him as like a top 15 RB play uh, in PPR leagues and, you know, a lower-end RB2 in standard leagues. But those are the two guys I'm focusing on for the for the Washington team is Jameson Crowder and Chris Thompson, I think, have big weeks. All right, let's uh, move on to the Broncos versus the Bengals. We mentioned the Bengals uh, with their putrid offense. If, if Paxton Lynch... Lynch if Paxton Lynch were healthy, then he's got to be in there, right? Well, he, for the first time all year, is the number two quarterback on mm-hmm. the depth chart. He has surpassed Trevor Simeon. I, I expect Paxton Lynch to take over, but mm-hmm. I kind of hope he doesn't. I, I get it. The upside well, you is Demarius there. Demarius Thomas on it? Because he's actually been doing pretty well and has done pretty well since, in the past with Brock in there. Since they've made the switch to Brock Osweiler, even before the game, I was talking up mm-hmm. Demarius Thomas. I, I looked at his game logs from uh, two years ago with them, and he just 
peppers him with targets. And mm-hmm. then last week, Emmanuel Sanders had his best game six of the year. He yards, only had yep, six catches. three games last year with over 100 yards. So, mm-hmm. I mean, to see the targets there for these two guys, Brock Osweiler sucks. Yeah, he's a trash quarterback. I'm not going to defend him. But the one thing he does... He goes to Demarius Thomas a lot, Mm -hmm. and he goes to Emmanuel Sanders a lot. And you know what? I kind of respect it, because if you're going to go down, might as well be throwing (laughs) it to your two best weapons the whole time. So we don't know what Paxton Lynch will be. The upside is probably higher than what Brock Osweiler can do. But what you're getting from Brock Osweiler right now with Sanders last week and Demarius the last two weeks, you can't complain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Demarius Thomas last week against the Patriots, uh, 5 for 44 in a touchdown. The week before, 8 for 70 in a touchdown. Emmanuel Sanders had the 100, 137 yards receiving. Like you mentioned, that was his only 100-yard receiving game of the season. Didn't have any with Trevor Simeon. So I agree. I have both of those guys inside my top 25 uh, this week against the Cincinnati Bengals. Tyler Croft. Tight end for the Bengals. Get him in your lineup. Broncos seven second most yep. fancy point. I can't even speak. Fancy points per game to tight ends. AJ Green always an automatic. Joe Mixon two weeks in a row with touchdowns. But uh, we'll be back with more on the Fancy Sports Radio Network. The award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network is your free fantasy source 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. You can catch this show and many others live on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app, iHeartRadio, or TuneIn Radio. Want to listen on your computer at work? Go to FNTSY.com slash radio or check us out on YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page where you can ask questions, discuss topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your questions on the air. The number is 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 days a year fantasy sports network of its kind without a subscription. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your fantasy source. And welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Just want to remind everyone to head over to rotoexperts.com slash DKMS. That's right, DKMS and the Fantasy Sports Radio Network are teaming up to help obliterate blood cancer. If you head over to rotoexperts.com slash DKMS, you could find out how you could be a blood marrow donor. You could find out how you could uh, be a part of uh, deleting blood cancer. And also, there's a link on the page which will take you to a free DFS game where you could punch in a lineup, again, for free. And uh, the winner of each week's lineups will have an opportunity to play Week 17, and the winner of that Week 17 contest could end up going to the big game in February in Minnesota. We're talking Super Bowl, baby. Super Bowl, baby! Speaking of baby, (laughs) tonight, NXT War Games. Support Eric Young. Eric Young, Our fantasy BFF. Still a champ, right? He's defending his title, or...? Uh, he is still the tag team champions, mm-hmm. but the the titles are not online tonight. We are still the tag team. We champions. are still the uh, you know BFS uh-huh. collective unit. Uh, we are one quarter of one half of the NXT tag team champions. He acknowledges that you your support yes. helped uh, helped him to get the yeah. Uh, is tomorrow night Survivor or is that Survivor yes. Series? Yeah, yeah. 
I'm actually excited for that. It's a big wrestling weekend. Mm-hmm. Any uh, exciting matchups specifically in the Survivor that you're really looking forward to? Like any what's, what's Shield the... versus New Day? Mm-hmm. That one is the I think the one that I'm most excited for. Oh, those three AJ gonna... Styles versus Brock Lesnar is going to be. Oh, that's going to be, be good too. Um, any other players? I mean, we didn't get to every game, but anyone that you want to uh, tout our listeners to start or to sit from the remaining games that we haven't gone to? I know you mentioned Joe Mixon just before the yeah. break, and I, I'm looking to sit him if possible. I have him outside of my top 24, just outside, but still outside of my top 24 running backs in both PPR and standard. I asked you guys during the break about uh, Deion Lewis versus Amir Abdullah. I think that's a fun game. The Patriots and the Raiders, mm-hmm. the highest over-under of the week, uh, up to 54 and, and a half. in Mexico. And Viva the altitude, la Mexico! The altitude is higher there than in Denver. So Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, but, you know, going up against that Patriots team, I like Derek Carr a lot. I have him inside my top five at the quarterback position. Uh, good, because I need him to have a good game for me. So if I like him, in turn, uh, I love Crabtree. I think Amari Cooper can be successful in that game. Remember Chris Hogan's out on for the Patriots side? Yep, that certainly helps yeah. Rex Burkhead for those who picked him yeah, up. Yeah, he's been doing great. Double-digit fantasy points each he of led the them past two weeks. last week, yeah. too. Uh, I think he's a, a high-end flex in PPR leagues. Uh, Deion Lewis... Very solid uh, RB2 in standard. Uh, not so much in PPR. He doesn't catch the ball a lot of the backfield. Mm-hmm. Um, that might be a misconception that people have about Deion Lewis from you know his, his years past with right. the Patriots. He's taking He's over more, early, more early, early downs, down back. Uh, early downs back right now. Jared Cook, tight end for the Raiders. I would fade him, even though he's been pretty good this year. Patriots given up less than four fantasy points per game and zero touchdowns to tight ends over the past three weeks. Yeah, I, I still have him as a tight end one just because of the volume that he's been seeing as of late. But on this game, I'm out on Marshawn Lynch. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at it, the Patriots have allowed four yeah, rushing touchdowns yeah. to RBs all year and mm-hmm. only two since week two because Kareem Hunt had two in week one. And they've, uh, they've allowed fewer than 15 fantasy points to running back tandems in two of the past three weeks. And Marshawn Lynch, the volume really hasn't been there. And if, right. if the Patriots jump ahead like we all expect, Marshawn Lynch is not going to be in the game much. Mm-hmm. So I have Marshawn Lynch outside of my top 24 running backs, both in PPR and standard. And yeah, I, I was off him coming into the year, and I continue to be. I, I don't think the volume is there for him. So, Real quick, Tevin Coleman. Oh, yeah. He's inside my top 12 yeah. just based Devonta on Devonta Freeman looks like he's going to be out with his second concussion. So, great show today. Thanks to Pete Consitori for producing the show. For Frank Stample, for Mike Flory, I'm Joe Galina. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend. Fantasy Update. Good luck in Week 11. <laughs>